Well, we started last Sunday in a series that I'm not sure how long it's going to go. It's going to go for some weeks uh, as, the, as the Lord just continues to show me some things. But we talked, uh, last week started a series on the Holy Spirit and who is the Holy Spirit. Uh, and we looked at that at the beginning of the service last Sunday. I shared my testimony of how I got filled with the Holy Spirit, my experience uh, with Him. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person. And the Holy Spirit is here to help us. And today I've uh, entitled the message, The Holy Spirit as Our Helper. And so if we're going to, uh, as we looked at last week, actually I read several scriptures last Sunday about how Jesus described the Holy Spirit in the book of John as the counselor or the helper, depending on what, um, uh, which Bible that you're reading as far as the version of it, uh, I like the one that calls him the helper because I don't know about you, but I can use all the help I can get in this life. How about you, right? Uh, John 14, 26 says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, this is Jesus speaking, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all things that I said to you. So Jesus said he was going to leave and he has left. He's up in heaven, but he sent us his spirit and his spirit is the helper and his this helper, the Holy Spirit, is here to teach us, to direct us, to protect us, and to point us back to Jesus. And that's really probably the most important thing that the Holy Spirit does. And we know this helper as the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a lot of self-help books out there, and there's a lot of self-help gurus to guide us along our way, depending on certain things that we need, and those there's nothing wrong with those. I'm thankful for the books and the people. I'm thankful that we live in a, a, actually a really great time where all you need to, if, actually if you need to repair anything, build anything, uh, learn anything, create anything, you can, I don't know if you've done this, you can go to YouTube, for example, and just type in the search box, whatever it is that you're trying to figure out, and boom, there it is to improve your life. It's, an, it's a click away. We really live in a great time, I believe, uh, of information that's going to help us along our life's path, um, and it's just really at our fingertips. So if we have all this stuff, these books and these gurus and the YouTube and all the rest of the stuff that's out there, why do we need the help of the Holy Spirit? Well, it's because of all these things that the world provides, I'll tell you why. As helpful as they are, they're not going to help us to overcome the enemy of our souls. Because you see, there's a battle waging in the spiritual realm for your soul today. Did you know that there's a battle for your soul today? Ephesians 6.12 says it very clearly, a very familiar scripture. It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, it's against the authorities, it's against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The battle that's going on is not what we can see. The battle that's going on is in the spiritual realms of things that we can't see. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. This is happening even as we sit here today, by the way. You might have come in here distracted. You might have come in here weary. You might have come in here angry. You might have come in here uh, sitting here in body, but your mind is a million miles away. And if that's the case, then that's the work of Satan. He doesn't want you to hear this message, so let me encourage you at the very onset of this message, don't let him win. Don't be distracted. Listen up. Stay with me. The Holy Spirit has something he wants you to hear, so let's engage today. He wants to equip you to stand victoriously against the enemy of your soul, Satan. 
Satan hates mankind, by the way. He hates us with his entire being solely and exclusively because Jesus loves us so much that he gave us his life. We just commemorated and, and celebrated that in communion just a moment ago. And this infuriates Satan. And so Satan works relentlessly to fool us, to trip us up, and to destroy us. Jesus knew that we would need help, that only the Holy Spirit could give, so he sent us the helper, the Holy Spirit, who also, by the way, works relentlessly to give us the insights and the direction and the protection that we need to help us to navigate through this life and to live the life that actually God has planned for us to live out. So I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit. How about you? Amen? You know, there's a lot of wonderful aspects of the Holy Spirit that we can talk about, and we will over the next several weeks. But one of these aspects that I think is probably one of the most important, at least in my life, is the gift of discernment. It's what He helps us to understand. Another word for discernment, by the way, because uh, discernment's kind of an interesting, feels kind of spiritual almost. Uh, like, how do you describe discernment, you know? So let me describe it another way. Discernment is really godly wisdom. It's godly wisdom, not earthly wisdom. So godly wisdom. That's what discernment is. They're kind of interchangeable in the Bible. And I believe that more than ever, we need to be discerning in the times in which we live. How about you? First Chronicles 12 Verse 32 says, from Issachar, a man who understood the times and knew what Israel should do, there were 200 chiefs, just right there. Now, if you read the context of this chapter in 1 Chronicles, there was, a, there was hundreds of thousands of men that were being documented and, and spelled out from the 12 tribes of Israel, Issachar being one of the tribes, who were joining in ranks to make David the king over all Israel. In fact, you add them up, there's roughly about 336,000 people, men that were all named, but only 200 of them were described as ones who had discernment. They understood the times of what was going on in Israel and what to do in response to those times. Now, that ratio sounds about right for where we are today, about 200 for every 336,000. And I want to encourage us today to let us be the part of the 200 and not part of the 336,000. Amen? So most people today, you know, they seem to kind of go from here to there, whichever way the wind blows, that's the direction that they go. There's little direction, there's little understanding, there's really little concern for the results even of their, of their decisions. If you read Ephesians chapter 4, uh, it describes people who lack godly wisdom and maturity, and it says it this way, it says that they're infants. It says they're tossed back and forth by the waves. It says that they're blown here and they're blown there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. I'm so thankful that we have the person of the Holy Spirit that is a gift from God to help us to understand the times in which we live and how to respond accordingly so that we're not tossed around aimlessly like a ship without a rudder and not deceived by the cunning and craftiness of Satan. Discernment provides for us that rudder. If we're in a ship, discernment is the rudder that keeps us pointed in the right direction towards God. And if the Holy Spirit is the rudder, by the way, God's Word is the navigation map. It's the road map. It helps us to stay on our true course until we get to heaven. 
Discernment as it relates to our walk with Christ, and I want you to write this down. Discernment as it relates to our walk with Christ is defined as this, and I'll put it up on the screen. It's the ability to think biblically in every aspect of life. Keep that up there for a moment. I'm going to say it again. Discernment, as far as, God's, as, far as our walk with Christ is concerned, is the ability to think biblically. Say that word with me, biblically. Biblically, in every aspect of life. Now, knowing God's word by prioritizing it in our lives helps us to apply biblical discernment. We've got to know God's word. It's got to be in our DNA. It's got to be in our lives. We've got to prioritize the word of God. And folks, that's the root. That's the foundation. That's the very essence of what spiritual discernment provides for us is to think biblically in every aspect of our lives, not worldly, not the way your schoolmates or your co-workers or your social media friends think, not which way the wind is blowing, but to think and therefore act out in all of our ways the way the Bible instructs us to walk it out. We need to think biblically. Now, 1 Corinthians 2 Verses 12 through 15 actually speaks of this. It's a rather involved set of scriptures. So write it down and I'm going to read through it. But I want you to really take this and meditate on it in the days to come. And let the Holy Spirit speak to you as to what this means more thoroughly in your heart. It says, what we have received is not the spirit of the world. So in other words, what we've received is the Holy Spirit, not the spirit of the things that the world has to offer. What we've received is not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God. That's the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. So that we may understand what God has freely given us. In other words, the Holy Spirit is here to point us to Jesus and to reveal God's word to us in a more mature and thorough way. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught us by the Holy Spirit explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. So the Holy Spirit, again, he's ministering to us. He's speaking to us. He's teaching us. He's pointing us back to Jesus. What does God's word say about it? It's always revolving around what the Spirit of the Lord is coming from the throne room through us out to others and in our hearts as well. It says it continues. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. And cannot understand them because they're discerned only through the Spirit. So if we're speaking spiritual things and biblical things to people who are not filled with the Spirit, who are not saved, who are not serving Jesus, it makes no sense to them. The first shall be last. You give and you will receive. You know, all those sort of things doesn't make sense because the kingdom of God is turned upside down from what the world is. It's completely opposite. It doesn't make sense. And so things like that that we say to people that are not uh, alive in Christ, it doesn't make any sense to them. It's, it, it's, it feels like foolishness. It says the person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things. I love it. The Holy Spirit gives us the discernment to understand God's Word and what it says and how to walk in out in our lives. I want you to write this down. It's not on the screen, but I want you to write this down. We should ask in every situation in our life, listen to me, we should ask in every situation in our lives. What does God's word say about this? Always. 
before you make that decision, before you take that step, let's go to the owner's manual and let's find out what God's word says about it. There's several foundational things the person of the Holy Spirit wants to help us with. Key things that will make or break us, by the way, that will help us to win the war or lose the battle. It's our choice, by the way, that we either yield to the Holy Spirit or we go our own way. We yield to the Holy Spirit or we listen to some other opinion that it's a worldly opinion, worldly advice, worldly instruction. It's our choice to make. But it is all about yielding to the Holy Spirit, to the person of the Holy Spirit, and allowing Him to help us to live a life of victory in Jesus. How many wants to live a life of victory in Jesus? Amen? So let's look at four key areas. There's many more, but I'm going to look at four this morning. In the area that the, the person of the Holy Spirit, also known as the helper, wants to help us with in this area of discernment or godly wisdom. And so there's the first one. Now, this may seem basic and foundational, and it is, because sometimes I think we need to be reminded of what the Holy Spirit is here to help us do. The first one is this. He gives us discernment to understand between good and evil. The Holy Spirit helps us to understand between good and evil. He helps us to discern between those two. Now, it may seem obvious, but here's what's going on in a world today where biblical truth is downplayed and diminished and shunned and pushed off to the side, and worldly ambiguity is celebrated and embraced. We live in such an age as that, don't we? The Holy Spirit's going to help us to discern between good and evil. Now, you may say, Pastor, I know what's good and what's evil. Do you? Well, let's continue on. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 21 through 22 says, Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good and reject every kind of evil. The Holy Spirit is here to help us with that. And it's not just prophecies like from, uh, from a church or from a pulpit, but it's any sort of prophecies, any sort of declaration, any sort of uh, thing that is spoken out. It may or may not be true. But how do we know? Because sometimes things are cloaked, aren't they? Sometimes things are kind of like sugar-coated, a little bit, little bit subtle. There's always been a war between good and evil. Always, always. From the garden till today. But in these last days, God's word says that good will be called evil, and evil will be called good. How many sees that happening today? It's happening, folks. And if we're not careful, we're going to embrace the evil as good. And we're going to reject the good and say, oh, that's evil. Because that's the work of Satan who is subtly working to try to promote evil as good and push down good as evil. So we need to be on the alert, church. And discernment will help us identify and reject evil and embrace good. Hebrews 5.14 says it this way. But solid food is for the mature. Let's be mature in our walk with Christ. I'm speaking to the mature Christians here and I hope we all are striving towards maturity. Solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. I love the way that he phrases that, constant training. How many has ever been in, a, in like a, prepared themselves for like a, a marathon or, or for some sort of event like that, you know, where you got to get into training? You know about how the Olympians do that. They're, they're not just going to show up at the event and say, okay, I'm ready, to, I'm ready to run, I'm ready to swim, I'm ready to do my thing. And hope that they would be at their peak level. They're in constant training. It's a daily discipline. 
It's not a one and out thing. Well, I got Jesus in my heart 20 years ago and I'm good. Yeah, you may be good, but you need to be in constant training. It's a daily discipline that we exercise in our lives and it's revolving around God's word, God's presence, God's spirit, God's wisdom. And that helps us to develop discernment so that we can know good from evil. We can see evil coming down the road. We can smell it a mile away. And nothing that Satan can do can deceive us because the Holy Spirit will give us that discernment. You know, we kind of got this whole thing of like, carrots, good, Twinkies, bad, you know? And, and, and we kind of joke about that, but, you know, it, and it's funny, but I love, I love Twinkies. I love ding-dongs, I love brownies, cookies. Can I hear, amen corner over here, anybody? Amen, right? Am I getting anybody hungry right now? Yeah. Carrots, they're Okay. But if you're going to put the two in front of me, I'm going for the Twinkie, you know? Carrot. Praise God for the... But see, I need carrots in my life. I don't need Twinkies. I want Twinkies, but I need carrots. I need to know what good is, and I need to know what evil is. And unfortunately, Twinkies are evil. <laughs> they're just... They're evil. Because they're not good for my body. Carrots, they're good. And it's the same as it is with other things, and I use that kind of as a joke, but there's a lot of good stuff out there that's good for you that we need to embrace, and there's a lot of stuff that is like Twinkies that we need to shun. And the Holy Spirit can help us with that, this constant training. And by the way, this is discipleship. Discipline and discipleship are kind of a, a, a mean the same thing. And discipleship is a, in a growing relationship with the Lord, and with this understanding of who God is, it's our times here on Sundays. This is discipleship. I'm not here, by the way, to feed you. I'm here to equip you. If you're coming here to get fed, then you've come to the wrong place. Don't come with that mindset and that attitude, oh, pastor, feed me today. No, I'm going to equip you because we're not a bunch of babies in here that just need to be fed. You're, we're, we're, we're army. We're, we're military. We're fighting. We're mature believers, and we're, we're coming to be equipped so that we can go out and win a battle. And win a victory for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So let's grow up. I'm not going to feed you today. And I'm not going to feed you on any Sunday. I'm going to equip you. Uh, but that's what discipleship is. And that's what maturing in the Lord is. We come here on Sundays and we're getting equipped. We come to the Life Together groups. As you saw in the announcements. And we just had an emphasis a few weeks ago. And I hope if you're not part of one that you'll join a Life Together group. That's discipleship. And really on your one-on-one with God daily. It's going to keep you fit for discerning good from evil. So the Holy Spirit is here to help us with that, to help us discern between good and evil. Here's the second thing. It helps us to, he helps us to discern uh, between truth and falsehood. Satan's native tongue, the Bible says, is a lying tongue. Every time he opens up his mouth, it's a lie. Every time. There's not one thing that Satan can say that is ever the truth. He may cloak, uh, he may cloak the truth or he may cloak a lie in the truth. It may look good on the outside, but at its core, it's a lie. He's subtle, by the way, and he's crafty. He always cloaks a lie with a bit of truth, and godly discernment is going to help us to see through it. First John 4.1 says this, Dear friends, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God, because many false prophets have gone out into this world. First Timothy 6 
Verses 3 through 5 continues by saying, If anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound doctrine of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, they're conceited and understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy and strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people of corrupt minds. Boy, sign me up for all that, huh? Who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. See, many of us come from, from a variety of theological, uh, theological backgrounds. We were not all raised in the Assemblies of God. We were not all raised Pentecostal. So that doesn't, that doesn't mean that it's better or worse. It just means that we're different. We're coming from Catholic, Baptist, Presbyterian, Methodist, Pentecostal, Church of God. You know, we're all coming in here and we're saying, man, I love Jesus and I, I love this church and I'm here, you know. But you, you've come in with these theological backgrounds. You've been exposed to a lot of uh, a doctrinal teachings, different angles and minutiae of that. And by the way, some of those things you've embraced and you've kind of lived out and walked out and some of them you've rejected and that's fine too. But what are the, what's the criteria of, of, of what you're doing with that? What's the criteria of you embracing it or are you rejecting it? What's your criteria? Is it, is it what others say? Well, a lot of other people are doing it, so it must be right. Is it, is, it, uh, is it what we feel? Well, that just kind of feels like, you know, kind of like something I want to do. It's just, I feel good about that right now or today. Maybe it's the latest fad. Hey, man, it's like the latest and greatest. It's like, the, uh, it's the bestseller book. You know, I'm, I'm doing this because everybody is, you know, jumping on board. It's the latest fad. Here's what we have to be careful of. What we choose to embrace will determine our direction in our lives. So we really got to be careful and the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit that gives us discernment, that gives us godly wisdom, will help us confirm in our hearts what is truth and what is false. And like I said last week, the Holy Spirit will always, always, always point you to Jesus. Always. Always. Make sure that you sit, by the way, under preachers and under teachers and TV evangelists, and Christian authors and speakers that point you to Jesus, not point you to them, or anybody else. But make sure that you're sitting under whatever you're exposing, your, opening your heart up to, and exposing yourself to, and receiving. Make sure that those people point you to Jesus, because He is the way, because He is the truth, because He is the life. Here's the third thing. The Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, gives us discernment, godly wisdom, to um, understand and expose people's motives. And by the way, not just people's motives, but we are people and we have motives too, don't we? So the Holy Spirit not only exposes other people's motives, but he also exposes our motives. So we're going to get a little bit more personal on this one. Discernment helps us to understand beyond what we see and what we hear. You see, some people are tricky. They have ulterior motives for what they say and do as it relates to you. They're usually selfish in nature. Their motives are what benefits them at your expense. And we need to be careful. And by the way, even our own hearts are tricky. Jeremiah 17.9 says it very clearly. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? 
we trick ourselves, don't we? But the person of the Holy Spirit can help expose the deceit and the ulterior motives of people, including our own motives. We ask the question, why is this person doing and saying those things? What's their angle? The Holy Spirit can help expose the motives, can give us the discernment as to whether this person is accurate, valid, respected, uh, honest, to be trusted. The Holy Spirit can help us with that. But also, what about me? What about you? The Holy Spirit can ask you, why are you convincing yourself that what you're getting ready to do is okay? Why are you justifying that particular thing? What's going on? The Holy Spirit will tap you on the shoulder and be very loud and very direct and very clear to you to say, don't fool yourself. And we do that all the time, don't we? Oh, it's going to be all right. I can handle this. That may have hurt them, but it's not going to hurt me. The Holy Spirit in us gives us that discernment to say, now don't you dare, don't you dare do that. Don't you dare say that. Don't make that decision because you're no exception to the rule. You will reap what you sow. And the Holy Spirit will help us with that. He'll give us that discernment to not just be aware of other people's motives, but also our own motives that will ultimately destroy us. It may feel good for a moment. The Bible says sin is good for a moment, but in the end it leads to destruction. The Holy Spirit is here to help us to not step into that place that will destroy us. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. I love how God's word is described as a surgical knife. If you've ever seen a surgical knife and those surgeons, boy, those things are just very precise, you know. It's not some big, thick butter knife. It is a surgical knife that cuts precisely. And the Holy Spirit discernment in us. It fillets and exposes the motives of others and it goes beyond the veil to reveal what's really going on. And we can count on the Holy Spirit to protect us. Not only from others, but also from ourselves, from harm, from loss, from setbacks. Here's the fourth thing. The Holy Spirit gives us discernment and godly wisdom to understand God's will. God's will. Now, have you ever been in a place where you just don't know which way to go? Maybe you're at that place right now. Maybe you're at a crossroads. You're at a fork in the road. Maybe you're stuck in this some sort of rut. You're just not sure what to do. Discernment, the gift of discernment, the Holy Spirit's discernment will help us to determine God's will for our lives. Romans 12, 2 says, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's the, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the power of the discernment of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You see, our minds and our emotions are so interconnected. How we think makes us feel certain ways. We think a certain thing and we act it out. And a lot of times those Thoughts are not good that we act out. We get mad. 
We think mad stuff and we act it out. We think sad stuff and we act it out. We think afraid stuff and we act it out. We think jealous stuff and we act it out. We think depressed stuff and we act it out. And the list goes on and on. By the way, that's what, as we just read in Romans uh, 12 too, that's the patterns of this world. The patterns of this world, it's Satan's will that we would get mad and walk it out, that we would live in sadness, that we would live in fear, that we would live in jealousy, that we would live in depression, that we would live in greed, all these sort of things. That's Satan's plan for our lives. But if we yield to the Holy Spirit, to the person of the Holy Spirit, and not let our emotions or our thoughts rule over us, we can be more spirit-led. We can walk out, uh, we can be more loving. We could be more joyful. We could be more peaceful. We could be more kind. We could be more forgiving. We could be more patient. Does that list sound familiar? Because that's the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the flesh is jealousy. The fruit of the flesh is anger and sadness and fear and all those things. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and all those wonderful things. And as we yield to, those, to the Holy Spirit then our thoughts and our emotions will be more aligned with what God's Word says, and the Holy Spirit can give us that discernment as how to walk that out. By the way, if we can rein in our thoughts and emotions and yield more fully to the discernment of the Holy Spirit, we can then more clearly understand what God's will is for our lives. And that's what we, How many wants to know what God's will is for their life? Yeah. So maybe you're at a place right now in this stage, in, in the season of your life, where you're trying to figure out who you should marry. Not that maybe you have like three or four choices in front of you, but you know, you may be wondering who is there to marry, you know, and should I marry this person? Who should I marry? Should I move from this house or should I remain where I am? Should I move from this city or should I move to another city? These are very practical things. Should I stay in my job or should I move on and get another place of employment? Big decisions, small decisions, and every decision in between, what does God's Word say about it? Because the person of the Holy Spirit wants to help us to understand and move in the direction of God's will for our lives. The Holy Spirit is like a messenger. You ever seen these messengers that run with these, you know, these little letters, like a little, uh, you know, Western Union telegram or something, Right? Here you go, read this. It came from the, from the top office, the president himself. He's like a messenger. The Holy Spirit does the same thing. He comes from the throne room of heaven, hot off the press, and he speaks to our heart. And he speaks the very words of God's specific instructions to us. Unfiltered, unadulterated, it's God's Word speaking to our hearts, and we need to listen to it. You know, you think about Elijah, and he was in a cave running from Jezebel, afraid for his life, wanting to die. Great prophet of God, knew God's voice. And if you're familiar with the story, he was sitting there saying, God, just take my life, I'm done. And there was a great, you know, wind blowing. God wasn't in the wind. There was a great shaking, and he wasn't in the shaking. There was a little still, small voice, and he was there. God was in that still, small voice. You know what that tells me? 
that tells me that there's a lot of noise out in the world saying, hey, do this and think that and go there and be that. But there's a still small voice that only can be identified as we spend time with God. And it's the, it's the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking very clearly and very assuredly and very distinctly. It's, it's a particular timber. It's a particular tone. You know that voice, right? You've been around people long enough. You know their voice in a crowded room. You think, hey, I recognize that voice. That's what it is. That's the voice of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, I think I've said this before, but I'll say it again. I think we need to be so close to God because, you know, in a big old crowded room, if, if, I, if everybody's making a bunch of noise and I have Kelly go back to the very back there and she's hollering at me telling me something, but everybody else is hollering too, I can't make out what she's saying. And it's a very important message that she's trying to tell me. So what's the solution? If the noise continues in here and you guys aren't going to keep it down like the noise of the world is because they're not going to shut up, the solution is, is I got to get closer to Kelly. So that's me going to her and I can get a little bit closer and I might make out a few more words. I can get a little bit closer and maybe make out a few more words. But the best solution is, is I got to get her mouth to my ear. And she didn't have to even yell it anymore. She can whisper it. And the noise continues in the room, but she's telling me what she needs to tell me. And I got it, every word. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our hearts. But how do we do that? We got to get close. We got to spend time with the Lord. We got to spend time in his word, in prayer, in worship. This is good what we do here, but it's not enough. This is a corporate gathering, but there's a one-on-one that he has for you. A relationship that he longs to develop and cultivate with you. And in the noise of the world, it's time for us to prioritize getting along with the Lord and letting his Holy Spirit whisper to us in that still small voice the exact will and plan and purpose that he has for us this day, this week, this year, and in our lives. It's such a comfort to have his voice speak to us. Even in our most difficult seasons, we can know that God has us. Listen to me today. Listen to me today. Is your work environment getting to you? I know that the work environment out there is getting really weird with all the pronouns and all of the woke stuff and all of the inclusivities that are going on in the workplace. I know it's getting difficult out there. And I know it's hard for many of you to go into a workplace where you know you're going to have to face that every single day. God knows. He's not punishing you, by the way. You're exactly where you need to be. He's got a plan for your life. May I encourage you to bloom where you're planted. May I encourage you to let your light shine for Jesus in the season that he has you there. Don't look to the next thing, but let him use you right there where you are and he'll move you on if you'll trust him in his time and in his way. Is your marriage struggling today? Don't throw in the towel. Don't lose hope. Rest in the strength of the Lord. Commit your marriage to the Lord. Pray for your spouse. Think on the good things in him or in her. God knows. Are you lonely? Do you need a friend? Do you need a companion? Jesus is there. Jesus cares. 
He sees your tears. He knows that you miss your spouse who's passed on. He knows that you are lonely. I'm so thankful that his word says that he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's there with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's with you. In your loneliest times, he's with you. And I also pray that God just brings you a good friend this week. Lord, bring those that are lonely in this place a good friend this week, a good godly friend. Are you shunned at school, young people? Because of your stand for Jesus. Count it all joy, the Bible says. You're in great company, by the way. The most awesome people who've ever lived on this earth were scorned just like you are being right now. So hang in there. By the way, time will test and tell who is living the right way. Spoiler alert, you are living the right way. So keep living for Christ. You know, our best and deepest growth comes in these most difficult times. How many can say amen to that, that you grow more in the Lord during the times of testing than in the times of ease and comfort, right? Yeah. There's a real beauty in learning to trust God and being content in your difficult season. Philippians 4, 11 through 12 reminds us, this is Paul speaking, and he's speaking from experience, I've learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, and his contentment is found in his relationship with Jesus Christ. And so should ours be. God and his will is being accomplished in you, at your workplace, in your school, in your community, in your marriage. And the person of the Holy Spirit is there with you in every moment, in every circumstance, in every difficult, challenging season of your life, in your day-to-day to help you discover and to help you embrace God's good, God's perfect, and God's pleasing will for you. So let me conclude today with this. We are in a daily battle against the enemy of our souls, and that battle is ours to win, church. I'll say it again. You may not believe me, but yes, we're in a battle every day of our lives, and that battle is ours to win. Not to lose, but to win. Second Peter 1.3 says, His divine power has given us everything. Say that word with me, everything. Everything that we need. Not most things, not some things, not 99% of things. His divine power, the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, has given us everything that we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Aren't you thankful for that? God has sent us a helper, capital H, helper, the person of the Holy Spirit. And with him comes discernment, godly wisdom, to help us successfully fight those battles with the strength and authority that we have in Jesus Christ, who, by the way, ultimately fights our battles for us. We just stand in amazement, just like that song we sing. We stand and we just stand in amazement and we praise him as he annihilates the enemy in front of us. It's like, God, you're awesome. Godly discernment can spell the difference between can spell the difference between victory and defeat in your life. 
We can't just know about discernment today. We must embrace it. We must apply it. We must live it out. I want you to listen to this story. As I close here today, General Robert E. Lee, one of the great military strategists to ever wear an American uniform, knew this well. He was fighting for the South. He was fond of saying that battles neither turn on a division or a brigade, let alone a company or a squad. Rather, battles turn on the will of a man holding a rifle who takes aim or takes to heal. In other words, he fights or he steps back. Battles turn on individual decisions. Such was the case of the Battle of Gettysburg on July the 2nd, 1863. Lee, with a force of several hundred thousand Confederate troops, had marched through Maryland and into the lush Pennsylvania countryside. With surprise and speed on his side, Lee took to the offensive and pushed into the city. And he knew that the Union Army was, at his, was to his rear, and he, next day, he would be facing them. There was high ground just outside of the city. There was a hill called Culp's Hill. With the city under occupation and his artillery on that hill, Lee could command the approach of the Union Army and put them on the defensive. However, everything hinged on taking that hill. The hill was on Lee's left flank, directly in the path of General Richard Ewell's corps. Lee sent a message to General Ewell directing him to take that hill if feasible. As Ewell advanced through Gettysburg and over the field leading to Culp's Hill, the Union Army began to pour in to the Gettysburg countryside. Elements that had been routed earlier in the day were streaming eastward toward General Meade's Union Army camp on Cemetery Ridge, just to the east of Culp's Hill. If Ewell could take that hill, his guns would be trained right down upon them. Ewell paused his forces. What should he do? Should he attack with full force and push them off the hill? Should he take a small detachment and engage the enemy for strength? Should he stop his advance and wait until the next day's light? So many choices. But ultimately, he chose to desire, uh, He chose to do nothing. Two days later, the Confederate army was defeated. And they straggled back towards the Potomac River and the safety of Virginia. The moment had been lost. The day had been lost. The battle had been lost. And ultimately, the war had been lost from that one decision. You see, discernment is godly wisdom. And wisdom is directly, it's a godly wisdom directly from God's throne. And it's a wisdom that when applied can help us walk in victory over the enemy of our souls. We can make those decisions based on what we know God's word says about our lives and how we need the direction that we need to go. I'll never want you to forget that. The helper, the Holy Spirit, can help us to discern between good and evil, can help us to discern between truth and falsehood, can help us to see beyond our other's motives, including our own motives. And he can help us to understand God's will for our lives. How many needs the help of the Holy Spirit in those areas? Amen? That's the gift of discernment. And I can't stress how important... Developing and giving place to the Holy Spirit's gift of discernment is for you today, especially in this age that we're, just, that we're in just before the return of Christ. Satan is pulling out all the stops, church. Let's not be deceived. But let's be spiritually discerning by the power and the wisdom of the person of the Holy Spirit. 
Church, discernment is non-negotiable. It's a non-negotiable need for us. Let's not be the 336,000. Let's be the 200. Let's be the men of Issachar and the women of Issachar. Let's be those that understand what's going on, not just in the big picture, but in our individual lives as far as God's plan and purposes are concerned for this world. And we need this discernment to grow in our hearts daily and practically so that we can live our lives for his glory until the return of Christ. I'll close with this scripture. Philippians chapter 1 verses 9 through 10 says it this way. And this is my prayer. And this is my prayer for us here today, by the way. That your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. You see, that's what discernment is. Is a depth of insight. Not just knowing it, but seeing beyond the veil and having a discernment in your heart so that you may able, and I'll continue, it says, so that you may be able to discern, there it is, discern, have godly wisdom as to what is best, and then finally, that you may be pure and that you may be blameless for the day of Christ. In other words, that you may be pure and blameless until Jesus returns. That day is coming, but until then, we need all the more for the Holy Spirit to give us the discernment that we need. By the way, it's there. He's ready to give it to us. We need to yield to it. Listen to that still, small voice and say, all right, Holy Spirit, speak to me. What does God's Word say about it? I don't want to embrace evil. I want to cling to the good. I don't want to embrace falsehood. I want to walk in the truth. I want to understand other people's motives and my own and not be fooled by it and I need and want to know your will for my life we all need that would you stand with me this morning as we pray together Holy Spirit we welcome you in this place as we've worshipped we know you're here because you're inhabiting our praise and I thank you Lord for keeping us attuned today not letting the enemy steal away this truth and this instruction and this equipping that we so desperately need today. Holy Spirit, person of the Holy Spirit, as you're living inside of us, we had such a beautiful time in your presence last Sunday at this altar as people opened up to you. I trust, Lord, that they've given you place, Holy Spirit, this week to grow and to have a foothold and that we've all yielded more to your Spirit to you Holy Spirit this week but Holy Spirit we now invite you and we yield to you to come into our hearts and help us to be more discerning we need godly wisdom oh we need godly wisdom oh we need godly wisdom we need discernment in this time that we're living in in which we're living for Father we would understand what truly is good and what is being crammed down our throats which is actually evil Lord, that we would understand what truth is, what your word says, and not be fooled by falsehoods and deception. Lord, that we would understand people's motives and ours as well, and that you'd expose those things and help us, Father God, by protecting us and helping us, Father, to escape that that Satan has for us to try to trick us in and let his plans fall flat and let your plans succeed in our lives. Father, may we understand what your will is, Holy Spirit, give us that discernment in our workplace, in our marriage, at our schools, in our neighborhoods, in our lives. 
What does your word say about it? Give us your discernment, oh God. Holy Spirit, pour into our lives discernment. We yield to you our understanding. We yield to you our desires. We yield to you our plans. We yield to you, Holy Spirit, those things that would try to cause us to stray away from relationship with you, O God. Holy Spirit, take the reins of our hearts and may we yield to you and pour into us, grow in us, mature in us, discernment, godly wisdom. We need it more than ever before. If you need that this morning, I want you to just receive it right now. Just Holy Spirit, I I receive discernment. I receive godly wisdom. Come and begin to grow it in me. Again, this is not a one and out thing, church. This is the initial opening of it. Or maybe you're asking the Lord to increase you, but it's a daily growing. It's a daily discipline. So today, we initially invite you, Holy Spirit, discernment of the Holy Spirit, godly wisdom of the Holy Spirit to come and, and introduce us to you and then begin to take over our foolishness, our lack of understanding, the deceptions that are in our life. Overtake those things and and reveal those things that are drawing us away and leading us in a path of destruction and redirect us, Lord God, by your Holy Spirit, by the godly wisdom and discernment that you give to us. Order our steps. Lead us in the path of righteousness. Lead us in the path of life. Lead us in the path of your will for us. We yield to you, Lord Jesus, today and then again tomorrow and then the next day and the next. And may we know your voice so well that it's a still small voice that drowns out the rest of this world. And we're so close to you that we just hear your mouth to our ears and you're whispering to us on a daily basis. There's a lot of noise out there, Lord, trying to pull us away. We want to find out what your word has to say about it. Speak to us. Holy Spirit, give us that discernment that we need. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said amen. I hope this has helped you today. I've I've equipped you today. The Lord has equipped you today. Uh, These altars are open. If there's some folks that want to come down and pray, there's some folks that want to pray with you today, some beautiful people that love Jesus and can pray with you and agree together for whatever need that you may have. If there's sickness in your life, a struggle in some way, you just need someone to pray with you about a situation you're going through, whatever it is. Before you walk out that way, walk down here and let us pray with you. And I want you to every day ask the Lord when you wake up, ask the Holy Spirit when you wake up, hey, person of the Holy Spirit, hey, friend, won't you pour into me godly wisdom today more than more than ever before and help me to reject worldly wisdom and embrace your godly wisdom your discernment help me to walk more in discernment today than I did yesterday and then every day pray that help me to walk more in discernment today than I did yesterday that's a great prayer to pray we need it oh we desperately need it I could do 10 messages on discernment probably I just feel like I scratched the surface but this is a good start so tonight I'll see you guys here go get some rest come on back and come ready to worship. Wear something comfortable that you can dance and move around in because we're going to be moving out of these seats and having a good time and celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles. You're dismissed. God bless you. We'll see you tonight.